Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Tom Brady says he's glad the Bucks don't have a game this Sunday. Why does he feel he needs so much more time? And what has he learned about his teammates and coaches so far? You're going to hear from Tom Brady's first conference call with the media since he signed. We'll have that for you in a second. And the Lightning take on the Flyers in their final round-robin game with the number one seed in the East on the line. The Rays, they begin a four-game series with the Yankees at the Trop as Blake Snell is on the mound for Tampa Bay. We've got all that and much more on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Versnick. And, uh, Steve, before we get started, we'll uh, dive into Tom Brady and his press conference. But 66 Who? players. Who? Yeah, that guy. Who? TB12, baby. TB for TB. Tampa Brady. Yeah, he, he came around and he talked. I think it I heard something awesome. about him. <laughs> it was awesome. Deal? It's a really big deal. He talked first time in, uh, what, four months or so? Almost four, five, four and a half, five months when, since he signed. Uh, had a conference call, a Zoom call with, uh, I guess it was mostly local writers, one NFL network guy. Did he quote FDR? No, but he but FDR was was uh, asked about uh, Ed, okay. our Eduardo Encina brought up uh, brought up his quote about COVID and whether he thinks it's a if he's worried about it or anything like that. And of course, he's not personally that worried because he's got TB12 going for him. So, uh, but you'll hear his response about that question as well as many more. I got the first one in, so we'll play all those. We'll give his responses. I'll give you what he said and what he meant. We'll play a little little game of that, but. Um, before we get started, sixty I mentioned 66 players now. Today was the final uh, deadline for opting out. Uh, if you're an NFL player and, and either you're immune compromised or you simply don't feel safe, what have you. Um, I I was off just a bit. If you recall many podcasts ago, I predicted, somebody had asked this question, I think in a mailbag, and I predicted that there would be about at least two per team. That was my guess, that uh, you'd have several per team and, uh, of course, it's a little more than that. It's two more than that. 66 players, 32 football teams. Only one for the Bucks, however, Brad Seaton, who is a, a backup offensive tackle. Probably even money at best to make the club. I don't know. I guess he, he might have a compromising situation health-wise. Um, but regardless, it's, it's also uh, – there is a financial component to this, and I'm not, I'm not suggesting that Brad did this for this reason. But um, if you do have an underlying uh, condition and you decide to opt out – you're guaranteed uh, $350,000, which if there was no guarantee you are going to make this roster or perhaps another one, of course, most guys don't think that way in the NFL. They wouldn't be here. Um, but uh, at least you have a little mocking money to go with it. But, you know, the Bucs were fortunate, I mean, from the standpoint of uh, – So the other offensive all, tackle all did not opt out. That's re- that's correct. Yeah, Donovan Smith is still here. And he's got 14.5 million reasons to want to stay here. Um, but you know, now that his, his, uh, first child, it was born recently a few weeks ago. Um, he's been in the building a little bit. He had some time to think about it. And, um, and I, I look, I, I, I think it's a very personal decision and everybody mm-hmm. should respect whoever decides to play or not play for that matter. I will say that, um, you know, it's a huge financial component. I mean, first of all, careers are short. 
Um, life is short. And if you think you're at risk, you certainly shouldn't do it. If you're worried about your family and stuff like that, absolutely. Um, by the same token, I, I mean, Tom Brady matters, right? I mean, if you're, you got an think about how many times if you've been a player that you can legitimately say going into the season that we have a chance to go to the playoffs and win a Super Bowl. Like this is, this is the year, you know, this could really be the best chance I have as a player. So many players play in this league, even for 10, 12, 15 years and sometimes don't make it. But uh, I think that would be a tough, tough season to try to say, you know, hey, I'll, I'll join you guys next year. But for whatever reason, the Bucks didn't really have anyone besides Brad uh, op- opt out. So that's a good thing. But there were a number of players, including I think six of those 66 are with the New England Patriots, which, you know, is, is uh, interesting at the very least. And no, a lot of these guys They don't have Brady older. anymore, so that matters. They, well, see, there you go. <laughs> they, you know, they don't have a chance. They don't have Brady, so why not? I don't want to play. But some many of those guys had, had made their money, had made a lot of mm-hmm. money. They're in their 30s. Um, and, you know, for whatever reason, uh, they certainly have won rings. You know, they, a lot of them have had they, – they've been to the mountaintop, so they're not ready to climb it, you know, without Tom. So, um, But it's personal for everyone. Everybody's mm-hmm. situation is different. Um. There was also, uh, I thought this was interesting too, along the uh, COVID lines, and we'll, we'll get to Brady here in just a second, but there was a report on uh, Thursday night that by Jeremy Fowler, ESPN, says the NFL using virtual fans in the stands is a viable option. The NBA, we know, has had a similar model. The Rays, uh, Raiders have already announced that they'll have no fans at their new stadium in Las Vegas at all mm-hmm. this year, which is you know terrible timing for them, obviously. Um, there Does that may include be, the Pro Bowl? Uh, yeah, which I don't think is going to be played this year. Yeah, I don't either. Fact. I don't either. Um, and that's from a financial standpoint. It costs money to put on the Pro Bowl, obviously, and, and they don't make much. And so they're trying. They're already facing a, a huge loss with uh, potential lack of fans. Um, and that's where this is headed. I mean, uh, I know you know they had said some time ago that New Jersey might not allow fans or wouldn't allow fans for the Jets and Giants. Some teams, I guess, are hoping, and this is, you know, hope is never a plan, but some teams are hoping uh, to play with maybe as much as 33 or 40-something percent of their of their fan base. Um, I, I have heard numbers like uh, the, the TSA, and this was not based on anything other than estimates of their own. They didn't, they didn't come up with this number by themselves, but they were, you know, for budgeting purposes, uh, sort of planning about 14%. I thought, 14, I thought it was 14,000. I thought it was 14,000. 14,000, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. 14,000, right, uh, of uh, of fans for NFL games and about 10,000 for USF games uh, for planning purposes. So I don't know if that's what that will come to or not. So, I mean, look, I, you just look around the country and you, you see the states that have had these spikes, many of them in the south and the west. Um, a lot of NFL teams in Texas and California and certainly Florida um, – I I really think it's going to be – I think it's hard to imagine, and I know each governor is different and each state is different and, and counties, but I think it's hard to imagine the season starting with fans at least week one, maybe two, maybe longer, especially here in Hillsborough County. I mean, the, uh, the Hillsborough County School Board, as you know, Steve, voted to uh, not begin with brick and mortar. Um, the school – year is supposed to start August 24th and now they're going to go four weeks with everyone in virtual learning at least four weeks and then they'll reassess at that point but are you telling me you know so the Bucks go to New Orleans they come home for the big you know big home opener and school for the first time if everything goes perfectly 
is supposed to be that Monday, but we're still going to invite the kids to come to the football game. I mean, I, I don't know. It seems, it seems like it's going to be something that's hard for the NFL to do. Yeah, I can't see fans in the stands the first month for sure. Mm-hmm. Almost mm-hmm. anywhere. There may be a few mm-hmm. exceptions, but yeah, uh, I, I yeah, I, I mean, I, I still think it's going to be hard to get fans in the stands at all this year. Right, I, I do too. And I think if they do, maybe some sweet be... level stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely they not close who's to the in field. There. Right. Um, yeah, you're. You know, although the problem with suites is you start putting you know ten people in a suite. You're probably not going to allow them to have normal full capacity, but yeah, you know, you're in confined areas then, which isn't as good either. So that makes it hard too. Well, it's not, but you are temperature checked, and at least it's your mm-hmm. own unit. In other words, it's your company yep. or your or your family. It's you know, it, it's kind of your decision or your own your own box, and you're not. There are some common areas, but for the most part, it's just getting up and down in those areas. Like on the yeah, I was going to say, I don't. You're not going to have if if that's the model. You're probably not going to have concession stands. It'll be no. the food will be brought to you, right? If they have it at all, sure. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, they want to make money. They'll probably have that open, but you'll be paying. <laughs> yeah. You know, you'll be Premium. buying the you know trays of chicken tenders and yeah, they'll be there already waiting for you, and then you'll yeah. have the the beer or the wine or whatever will yep. be in the in the suites, and and you'll probably have to stay there. You know, you have your own bathroom. I mean, there's there's obviously self containment there. But um, and for one, I understand that doesn't include any attendance figures. Anyway, I just think I'm with you though. I I think at least the first month we may not see fans in the NFL. Yeah, I, and I think well, we know some places is not going to be any all year, like you said, the Raiders all, yeah. and that. So. Right. Um, and that brings in competitive. And again, I don't think the NFL cares about this per se. But everybody goes, well, you know, it's it's unfair if there's no home field advantage. There's only you know? so much well, they can do. Right. I mean, you, right. You, you know, you've just got to go with. You know, hey, you're you're in an area that's you know either mm-hmm. locked down by this the the governor state or, or the governor, the state yeah. legislature, or just in a hotbed area. And and sorry, nothing we can do. I mean, that's right. Nothing. You, there's nothing perfect. The NHL's no. return to play model of the 24 teams that's not perfect. The NBA's isn't perfect, but it's you do what you got to do. I mean, yep. you know, it, it's you know we want to finish this, we want to play this. We're going to make these decisions, and you know some things aren't going to necessarily be 100 percent fair as normal. But this isn't normal, so get over it. Yep, that's how that's how everybody has to approach it, and and you know there's not a whole lot they can do. But interesting developments there. The Bucks, meanwhile, um, did have some transactions. They released. Remember this guy just from two years ago, second mm-hmm. round pick, MJ Stewart, cornerback uh, from North Carolina, was drafted the uh, same time as uh, Carlton Davis. And uh, I think um, Jordan Whitehead, uh, you know, they had for two drafts the last two, I think they've had like six or seven mm-hmm. defensive backs. And if you include this year uh, with Antoine Winfield, that's another one uh, as they try to rebuild that secondary. Stewart was an interesting player. I, I thought he was overdrafted, and this kind of proves it, right? I mean, he-, he wasn't a guy I don't think that many teams would have taken where they did. I think, um, you know, unfortunately, Need is a terrible evaluator. <laughs> In the draft, and we know, look, Jason Light has had plenty of swings and misses, especially, you know, in the second round. Um, and he has told me this. He goes, you know, Roberto Aguayo will probably be on his tombstone, but um, nonetheless, who? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that guy. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, and and so, I mean, the good news here is that Stewart will get a chance to move on and, and get another opportunity somewhere, hopefully. But it's also it's also because they found better players. I mean, you know, 
the draft they had last year didn't look like it was going very well early on. And then the second half of the year, you saw guys uh, like Sean Murphy bunting, Mm -hmm. you know, just come on, you know, Jamel Dean, Dean, uh, just completely ball out Carlton Davis, him, Dean and Davis, by the way, um, had the most pass breakups of any cornerback combination in the NFL. I think one of them led the league and Dean didn't play. If you recall, uh, Davis hurt his hamstring in a pregame warmups one day, I think, at Seattle. Dean went in the game. He got torched. He was beaten for three touchdowns by Russell Wilson. It was maybe the best game that Jameis Winston played all season long, was going toe-to-toe with Russell Wilson. I think he threw like four or five touchdown passes that day, and they lost in overtime. And I remember going into that locker room, and I felt bad for the kid because it was his first real extended playing time, and he got abused. I mean, he got three touchdown passes, a ton of yards, including the game winner. Uh, and he stood there and he faced the music. And then he started coming in at five o'clock in the morning with Carlton Davis, with the other DBs and, and started watching film with Todd Bowles. And those guys turned it around from that. They became uh, one of the top defenses and, and created, uh, I think the most turnovers in the second half. Uh, and, and they did it with these, the secondary. So MJ Stewart, who they tried at corner outside, they tried him inside it, um, you know, as a slot corner, they tried him as the extra defensive back in nickel uh, nickel situations with five defensive backs. He just didn't he just didn't fit in. And part of the problem was he doesn't run all that well. I think he's about a four five four six guy. I mean, by comparison um, to what you want to have, uh, either a guy with lots lots of size and, and physicality or someone that can really fly. And he was kind of in between. They tried him at safety, um, so you know they're dealing a little bit from strength, which is a good good news and. You know they they have a lot of other young defensive backs they like so it'll be a, it'll still be a good defensive back room but Stewart moves on and then they had um, I think they waved another running back off COVID I think Keyshawn Vaughn is close to coming off of COVID it's a little like the concussion protocol he was out there doing some things uh, with the strength and conditioning coaches but he's not quite ready to to be off that reserve list just yet um, but they're starting to get some guys back and um, like I said I think. I think there's less than 60 players in the NFL that have tested positive so far uh, or that have gone into COVID protocol. So that's, you know, that's a, a respectable number for the first couple of weeks, and you would expect that to go down. As I think guys, that's a very good number. Yeah, um, almost 2,000 players, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and uh, haven't heard, you know, much of uh, in the way of coaches. Uh, obviously, Doug Peterson. We know Sean Payton had it early on. but We thought John um, Gruden had it, but... <laughs> That was just a fake job, man. <laughs> I tell you what, Rich, I'm a little sick here. Uh, Rich Bisaccia will be taking over, man. But, but here's the but problem. Rich, if he actually gets it this year and he starts telling people, no one's going to believe him. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> little Johnny. Little Johnny doesn't have COVID. He's just crying wolf. You know what I mean? I really got it this time. Um, yeah, so we'll see how that all plays out. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
All right, so the good news was, and I was excited about this one, man. I mean, Tom Brady, man. I mean, Tom Brady. Tom Brady's on a conference call, on a Zoom call. You know, the first time we did him, it was a conference call. He couldn't even see us, right? We couldn't see him. Well, we know that internet at Derek Jeter's house isn't very good. so And it's not very good. So they had him at the facility this time so that it would be good because it wasn't like the Howard Stern interview. And uh, so he came in, sat down in front of the banner, had a mask on, and the first thing I thought was, really? Are you going to wear this mask through this whole interview? <laughs> like you're Tom Brady, man. Who's in the room mm-hmm. with you? You know, nobody. Uh, Bruce Arians wore it, though, the other day. He didn't take it off. So I thought, well, this will be like talking through his arm, you know. Um, but uh, but he took it off. That's the way they've been doing it at the, the hockey. I know hockey, for instance, the post the game press conferences. Yeah. The players are all wearing the mask when they walk in the room. They sit down and, and they then, take it off. And, and they take it off. Because yeah. they have to wear it to and from and all that. So it's, you know, it's right, part of Right, right. I understand why it was on. But, like, uh, we've had guys, you know, we've had many players. In fact, Shady McCoy the other day. Um, sat down, did the whole interview with the mask on. So I was like, well, that's different. But maybe somebody was in the room with them. I don't know. I mean, they have interview rooms and NFL mm-hmm. network rooms and things that you're literally by yourself and the, and the yep. monitors are ro- whirling and you don't need anybody in there with you. So in any case, thank goodness, Tom Brady, who looks about 25 <laughs> and is 43, um, took his mask off and we all got to see him. But, uh, you know, he went through an array of uh, – of, uh, of questions and there weren't that many because we didn't get that much time with them. I think it was about 10 or 11 minutes as I recall, but you know, one of the, it was sort of the underlying, I thought theme was that there's a lot new for him. And, you know, we knew that what he's attempting to do is difficult anyway, but it's really become maybe more difficult because of the fact that they've had, you know, no off-season workout program, no OTAs, no mini camps. Uh, he did the thing at Berkeley Prep as much as he could, but that's just with you know receivers primarily, a couple defensive backs at the end, um, and even now, even today, uh, you know they're still in the strength and conditioning phase of things, and so they're really not playing football. I mean, they're throwing the football around a little bit like they did at Berkeley, but even the coaches aren't involved when they're on the field because it's strength and conditioning period. It's not time that you can be with your, you know, on the field, on the grass, at least with Clyde Christensen or Byron Lefwich or, or Bruce Arian. So even that is frustrating in and of itself. You're back in the building, but you're not really out there with your team just yet as a full squad. So we had a chance to talk to Brady. Um, I think you'll enjoy, you know, hearing from him first and foremost. And uh, and then after after his responses, and there's probably about only about six or so of these, six or seven of these questions um, I'm, you know, we'll, we'll play what he says and then I'm going to tell you what he meant <laughs> because sometimes you got to read between the lines a little bit here. Um, we're just going to call you know, a translator. Is that what? Yeah, I'm going to translate a little <laughs> bit, but Brady, Brady was, I mean, he didn't need a translator. Obviously he speaks for himself, speaks very well. Um, but sometimes there's, there's more to it than, um, than gets on the quote sheet. Um, and so I'll give you a little background or perspective if I can. Anyway, without further ado, here is Tom Brady, and the first question belonged to yours truly. What, what have you learned uh, about this town, your teammates, and is this a bigger challenge even than you anticipated with the pandemic, with all that's going on and what you've had to overcome? Yeah, I, 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 I think every football season is a big challenge in one way or another. And um, obviously for me, you know, changing teams after a long period of time, um, 
you know, given me an opportunity to really look at myself and what I want to continue to, uh, you know, achieve in my career and think that I can bring to a team. Um, it's, it's, it's been different having the opportunity, you know, over this time to, you know, move and then to, you know, for example, study my playbook. I mean, I really haven't had to do that in 19 years. So, you know, you forget, man, that's really tough. Like all the different terminologies and, you know, you're going back a very long time in my career to, um, you know, to really have to put the mental energy in like I did. So I have to work at it pretty hard physically still, you know, I, I put a lot of time and energy into making sure I'm feeling good um, in order to perform at my best. But mentally, I think that's been the thing that's, um, you know, obviously has its challenges. And I think you couple that with, um, you know, the coronavirus situation and uh, became even uh, more difficult. So I think conversations we probably would have had, uh, you know, in April we're having now. And I think that part is a bit challenging too. So, um, you know, the only thing you do is, you know, adjust to the situation, adapt the best way you can, um, put as much time and energy now as we can into it. And I think the reality is the clock's ticking on everybody and um, we're going to have to work as hard as we can and not waste any minutes of any day trying to get used to one another and um, embrace the challenge and, and see it as an opportunity to see, um, you know, what we can become. Okay, keep in mind what he said there. The clock is ticking on everybody. You're going to hear that several times throughout this interview, um, the urgency and, you know, not just his clock because he's 43 and, and he's with a new team and he knows that he wants to play till he's 45. So, you know, he's definitely well into the back nine uh, of his own career. Uh, but also the fact that there's a very short period of time here. Look, it's going to be a month before they play – their first game, which is going to be at New Orleans, no preseason whatsoever. Um, Bruce Arians, you know, has a plan to have them tackle to the ground and, you know, try to simulate real football because they'll have to. I mean, you can't go out for the first time in a regular season game, although colleges do it all the time. I hear this. Well, colleges do it all the time. Yeah, but colleges also start the season with East, Southwest Missouri. You know what I mean? The, the Compass schools, um, you know, the, they, they have a preseason of their own, if you will. Uh, when you can play three quarterbacks on opening day at Alabama, that's a good thing. But nonetheless, you know, the Bucks have to play the NFC South champions three times the last three years on opening day. And so their curve is a little different. And, you know, I think what you heard, you know, from, from Tom there was the mental part of it that, you know, he has not had, you know, he really hasn't had to deal with um, 19 years he learned he once he learned the the system with Bill Belichick for the most part the terminology well the next 19 years he didn't really have to think about it you know he he knew the playbook and so you know having to go in there and learn the terminology and 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 think the way he has mentally because we know that physically as he said he's a guy that that spends a lot of time you know with the plyometrics um with Alex Guerrero as trainer and the TB12 method and all of that you know, it's not as easy for him to get prepared to practice, for him to prepare to play. That's why he's in such great shape. So that takes up a lot of his time. Now you on tap, add on top of that the mental aspect of it, of learning the playbook and the fact that, you know, he's got a family now that's now living uh, in a totally different place and the children and, and the wife and all of that at, at Jeter's mansion over there. So there's a lot on his mind, and you could hear that 
um, you know, certainly in his answer there. The second uh, question uh, that he was asked, and of course there was reference to Jason Light and, and Bruce Arians who who kind of brought Brady in here. Um, but, you know, it was more about sort of imparting what he's learned on on his you know on his teammates you know, holding them accountable this is the thing that Brady is known to do right he's known to be a guy that changes the culture so he basically was asked about his interactions with Jason Light and the coaching staff and just how important that you know personal accountability is going to be with his team well i at first i really enjoyed you know being with Jason and getting to know Bruce um, getting to know Byron and Clyde and uh, a bunch of guys that I competed against either as a player, um, you know, or with them as coaches. So it's been kind of fun in that way to, uh, you know, to see the different approaches to the game and so forth. Um, you know, everybody sees football a little bit different. Um, you know, it's about how we all see it together and how we can all be on the same page as we move forward. Um, Ultimately, my goal is to go out there and do what I've always done is to be the best I could possibly be for the team. And, um, you know, I've tried to catch passes in my career. I've tried to make blocks. I've had a few runs, but I'm not very good at any of those. Um, I think my best ability is, you know, reading defenses and throwing the football. So um, I think all of us being on the same page, which is something we're really working hard at, uh, you know, to try to get on the same page after, you know, not having many opportunities, you know, we haven't had a really a full speed practice yet at all. So um, I'm anxious to get that started so I can start learning um, in a more uh, typical way. So it's, it, it certainly is, uh, like I said, has its challenges. In that answer at the end, you can almost hear his frustration that even though they're in training camp, uh, as he said, you know, we really haven't had any full speed practices yet. I had a coach tell me that he's very that Brady's ready to go right now. Like he does, he doesn't want. He really has no interest in his strength and conditioning part because he's already conditioned and strong enough for himself. He wants to get on the field with the defense. He wants to get on the field and start moving at, at full full speed and installing offensive plays and things like that. So he's having to be a little bit patient at this point, um, you know, before he can do it. Brady was then asked um, if he gets a sense that the team. Uh, you know, is buying into him and ready to pretty much do whatever it is that he asks of, of the players, the coaches, or the teammates. Yeah, I think, you know, again, all those things are, you know, f- those are to be determined for all of us, you know, as we move forward and the type of buy-in and, you know, really what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. And you got to work hard every day to, uh, you know, bring your best emotional energy uh, you know, to be at your best physically, to learn, to know what to do in order to be your best. So, you know, the guys that I've been around, um, you know, it's, it's been just that. I mean, guys are working really hard to get to know to want, get to get to know one another. Um, you know, again, we haven't had any practices yet, so it's, it, it's hard to, you know, football and, you know, throwing the ball around at a workout or something like that's a lot different than real football and being in the huddle and, uh, getting to know people in that way, knowing who you can really count on. But I think you just have to do what you can with what's we're all dealing with. Um, try to make the most of it and try to understand that we're, um, you know, the clock's ticking on all of us. And, you know, we've got a lot of work to do in a very short amount of time. 
again, you hear that theme, the clock is ticking, right? Um, that, that, that is something that is clearly in the forefront of his mind that he's running out of time and he's just been with these guys in the building for all of about, you know, two weeks. Well, two weeks if you include the rookies, but really one week with the veteran players. And then it was time for Eduardo and Cena. And I thought Eduardo asked one of the more pertinent questions when you, when you consider the off season and the workouts that they did at Berkeley prep and how, you know, they also were told by the NFLPA or recommended that they stop those workouts and they didn't do it. Uh, they continued to do it. And in fact, you remember the Instagram post that Brady had saying, quoting FDR, all you have to fear is fear itself. So uh, Eduardo asked him about his concerns. Is he concerned at all with COVID and, and his own personal health? Yeah, I think, you know, you're just, everyone's learning, uh, you know, every single day a little bit more. So, you know, I think you just, you know, you take these things one day at a time and, you know, the more you learn, uh, I think we've all learned a lot over the last five or six months. I've always felt like, you know, taking care of my body was really important, uh, not just for football, because that has been my job, but that's, you know, my quality of life in, in the future. I think you're of the belief that you either believe what you put into your body has an effect or what you believe doesn't have an effect. Um, and I think for me, um, in my experience, the better I've treated my body, you know, the better I've eaten, the more hydrated I am, the better pliability treatments I get, uh, the more sophisticated my workouts have been, the better my body's performed. So, you know, for me, it's been when something works, you do more of it. Um, when you do more of it, you see better results. So I've really tried to, uh, you know, continue that throughout my career and build year after year. And um, it's given me a great opportunity to be at this age uh, still playing a sport that I love because mentally I feel like I have, you know, all the ability. I've seen every defense. There's nothing that I – there's no play I haven't run. There's no defense I haven't seen. It's just physically are you still able to execute your job. And I'm very fortunate to still be able to do that. And I know it's a contact sport and there's some things that are out of, out of your control. But, you know, that's a pretty good lesson for life too. You don't have everything in control in life either. And the best you could do is prepare your body, prepare your mind for whatever comes at it. And then, um, you know, you have to always be able to adjust and adapt as best as possible. Let me say this. He believes in TB12. I don't know if it's a cure for COVID, but it doesn't matter what I think because he thinks it keeps him safe and keeps his immune system high enough to battle it. So God bless him. I, I hope he's right. And, uh, you know, we, we've seen him push the products and the water bottles and all of that. But, um, you know, he, he's definitely he's definitely ready to attack it uh, come what may. And um, you know, he's going to prepare his body and, and, and if it happens, it happens and adapt and adjust accordingly. Uh, the other thing that, uh, you know, Brady has talked a lot about is, you know, sort of what he sees in terms of the weapons down here. I mean, it's not an accident that he's in Tampa Bay. Yes. I'm sure he likes the warm weather. I'm sure Giselle likes living on the water. I'm sure there's a lot of things that we all like about living here that Brady will like as well. Um, but he's here to win, and to win as a quarterback, the most dependent position on the field, you have to have guys around you that can make plays. Well, he's got guys that can make plays. And, you know, that also includes somebody he's real familiar with in Rob Gronkowski. So I think, you know, the combination of that uh, is what sort of lured him here. But he's gotten to know these guys a little bit. So here's what he had to say uh, about the talent on Tampa Bay's offense and skill positions and the guys that he's been working with in particular this summer yeah we've had different uh you know 
different times to work out together. Um, it's been good being here in the building and actually have, being directed by the coaches of, you know, this is what, you know, we're going to work on and these are the plays we're installing. So you have a better idea of how things are going to come together on the offense. So, um, you know, the guys have worked really hard and it's been fun getting to know the receiver position. There's a lot of, obviously, none of the guys I've played with, you know, Gronk's the only guy I've really played with. So I know what he can do. Um, and it's really up to everybody to, to, to go out there and earn their role. And, um, I've always believed that, um, you know, you, again, you get out of it, what you put into it. And a lot of guys are working really hard and, you know, they're working hard because this is their career and they want to do a great job. Um, you know, regardless of who the quarterback was, that's important for all these guys. It's football matters to Mike and to Chris. Um, you know, I love being around those two guys who are great leaders, not only great players, but great leaders. Um, Cam and OJ who have been here have been, you know, really great along with the other tight ends in the group, Dare, Rojo. Um, I met Shady the other day here on the practice field. So um, it's a, it's a, it's a good hardworking group, really smart players. And um, again, it's going to be up to all of us to come together and to see how we can make it all work. And finally, I told you folks, it was a quick phone call. Um, I think we got about our fifth or sixth question here. You know, Brady, Brady is a guy that I think, is under a transition, I mean, in every way you can be, right? From Bill Belichick to Bruce Arians. That's a huge difference, right, in terms of style, um, you know, demeanor, all of that. You know, we win or lose, we booze, baby. I mean, from that to uh, or under Cincinnati, there's a huge difference. So you have that part of it. Um, but you also have, you know, kind of other big contrasts as well. And the question he was asked is like, is there a point where Tampa, because you've been here now for four or five months, will will begin or the Bucks will begin to feel like home? And I mean, there he is in his TB12 hat. He had a Buccaneer hoodie on, um, sitting in the Buccaneers uh, media room with the wallpaper behind him. But when when will he feel that right after spending twenty years in New England? And um, here's how Brady wrapped up his press conference. Again, I think part of I said earlier is you know you're trying to learn a bunch of different things and you're trying to, you know, not only learn an offense, but learn your way to work or uh, learn guys names. Um, you know, I didn't even know where the quarterback room was, you know, or the, the full team meeting room was. So you get in here and your brain's trying to figure out a lot of different things. So every day that goes by, it's getting a little bit better. Um, I'm glad we're not playing a game, you know, this Sunday, I'm glad we have time to prepare. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been a good week or so being in here. And I think every day I'm trying to take advantage of the opportunity to improve myself so that I can be the best quarterback for this team that, that this team really deserves. These guys are working really hard and, and uh, you know, I want to come in here and do a great job for them. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed hearing from uh, Tom Brady. Hopefully we'll hear from him again soon and it won't just be, uh, you Will know, it be another four or five months till we hear from him. <laughs> or? Well, it can't be. I mean, you have to talk during oh, the season. Oh, that's true. That's true. The starting yeah. quarterback talks every week. So yeah, but it might not be till like the end of the uh, first week before they play New Orleans. I've heard he likes to talk late in the week. I hope it's not too late. If it's Friday, well, for my purposes, the hay's kind of in the barn, but uh, yeah, it might be New Orleans week. Hopefully not. Hopefully we'll get them before that when they start putting on the pads and, you know, they're out there uh, running and tackling and not tackling him, but playing football, and, and we'll get a chance to talk to him again. But anytime you can hear from Tom Brady, that's uh, certainly a good thing. 
Well, Steve, the game that I'm looking forward to the most is the Lightning when they take on the Flyers in their final round robin game uh, with that number one seed on the line in the East. There's been some interesting as we're as we're taping this podcast. Um, you know, Toronto and Columbus are, I think, tied three uh, three. Yeah, Toronto was up three nothing in that game, and now Columbus yeah. is three uh, three late in the third. Yeah, so all kinds of of you know series are still beneath them as, as teams try to get those final spots. But it looks like that the the Lightning now, as as you tell me, can be no worse than the second seed and could be first. Yeah, so the Flyers and the Lightning have both won their first two round-robin games. They both have four points. Mm -hmm. So the winner of this game on Saturday will be the number one seed. The loser will be the number two seed. Nice. Meanwhile, Washington has one point. Boston has zero points through two games. They play each other on Sunday. The winner of that game will be the three seed. The loser will be the four seed. doesn't matter Mm -hmm. overtime or not, just... Because right. Boston holds the tiebreakers with Washington. So, so yeah, so Lightning are playing for number one seed, uh, but they're guaranteed at worst case the two seed, which means they will not face Carolina for certain, who's already advanced. They're the six seed. Uh, Pittsburgh is the five seed. If they come back from behind, they're down two games to one to Montreal. So if they, if they come back, they'll be the five seed. So they would not play to one of those two teams mm-hmm. for sure. So, but we'll see. The, I mean, the Islanders are the seventh seed. They've advanced. Well, they, no, could they have play, not advanced yet, but. They could play Toronto or they could play Montreal, though, it sounds like, right? The number one seed will place Montreal if Montreal beats the Penguins, yes. Because okay. they're the 12th mm-hmm. seed. So they're the lowest seed. Right. So, yes, whoever the number one seed would face Montreal. And could they draw the Penguins, though? If uh, No, no. The four no. seed will play the Penguins are the they're, highest seed in the qualifying. They're the, the highest of qualifying. The, yeah, they're okay. the five seed. The top gotcha. four are gets the buys in or, you know, playing in the round gotcha. robin. So Boston or Washington would play Pittsburgh if Pittsburgh advances. I got you. Well, I think it's, you know, it's a job well done. Getting the four points certainly helped. Getting six would be even better if they can get that number one seed. But they've, yeah. done, their, they've done their job in these round robins. Yeah. Uh, and if you, can, if you can go in there and knock off, you know, Washington, Boston, and Philly, you've got to have some confidence heading into the Stanley Cup playoffs, don't you think? Oh, I mean, I think they're playing well. I mean, we talked about yeah. this last night. You know, Andre Vasilevsky's leaking a little bit, and I don't know yeah. if that should concern me yet or not. Uh, right. But but overall, as a team, they played the you know the two best teams in the East that aren't the Lightning. Right. They played well for the first two periods, mm-hmm. withstood charges from both, and and came out winners at the end. I mean, that's what you do in the playoffs. So I mean, I think I think overall they've played well. Uh, I think they've got some things they can work on, of course, and, and they'll tell you they haven't played a 60-minute game yet, but um, they've played well, and when Vasilevsky's needed to make huge saves, he has. So it'll be interesting how much Vasilevsky plays in this game. They've said they want to get McElhaney in a round-robin game. So do you give him a period? Do you give him a half a game? Um, some of it may depend on what Andre Vasilevsky wants to do. Yeah. Um, you're guaranteed a top two seed now, which I think is, you know, I, I don't know if you – want to be guaranteed the number one seed but you wanted to be in the upper you wanted to be the one or two seed to avoid some of the the pittsburgh and carolinas to start in the first round which you've done now so mm-hmm. you do have some flexibility in that regard if you lose to the flyers it's not you're not really hurting your seating that bad so and we don't know the game time yet that'll depend on we'll probably find that out later today so the penguins and canadians play at four o'clock today if the Canadians win that, that series is over, which means the Lightning would probably play a 7 or 8 o'clock game on Saturday night. If the Penguins win that game, there's a game 5, that game would be the late game on Saturday night, and the Lightning would probably play at 4 o'clock on Saturday. 
I hope it's four. I'm getting into these afternoon hockey games. I got to be honest with you. You know, when you're one thing about staying home is you're always looking for TV mm-hmm. options, whether you're working or not. I love having hockey in the afternoon. It's just the greatest thing. Well, you're probably only um, going to get two more weeks of this. Um, I know. So I know. As of Sunday, then four teams from each city go home. That's right. So now mm-hmm. you've got eight teams in each city. So pres- presumably you're going to have two games a day in each city. That's right. Which would probably be four and eight o'clock. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm guessing. Maybe it's. Maybe they adjust it a little bit. Maybe it's three and seven or something like that. But probably you're going that. And then after this round, the first round of the playoffs, then you're going to have a game a night in each city. You'll have four teams in 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 Toronto. You'll have four teams in Edmonton. You'll they'll play every other night, and so you'll have you'll be back to all night games. So you only right. got a couple more weeks of these day games. Yeah, at least I'm on, during the weekday. Them. Right, I'm going to enjoy them while I can because I I mean though. Me and you'll be talking late enough at night when the Lightning are playing <laughs> those night games, man. Whew. That gets, uh, you know, that was the mixed blessing of them going out in four straight last year was just that we got some sleep. But um, I don't think that's going to be the case this year. I think they're going to go probably deep into the postseason. Um, I certainly I certainly think they're they're in position to do that. We'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. But so far, so good in the round robin and um, excited to see how they do once they get to the Stanley Cup tournament. The uh, the Bucks we've talked about. Of course, they will resume practice over there. The Rays, however, they start a series with the uh, New York Yankees. Uh, this is a four-game series, and there's a doubleheader on Saturday, and it's an important one for the Rays, obviously, because uh, they're like one game underwater here, and here comes the best team in the American League East, if not the American League. You need to cool them down a bit, right? You can't you can't get dominated by the Yankees in, in uh, this series or in, in the series for the season. And I think that with, you know, Blake Snell on the mound, this is a chance for him to make a statement, right? I mean, we've seen Charlie Morton come back with a pretty good performance his last time out, but but you need your, your best pitchers to pitch really well. Yanni Chirinos now is out for a little bit. Um, they, they're going to lose him to some arm trouble. But I think that, you know, Snell has a chance. He should be stretched out enough to go potentially seven innings, um, you know, 85, 90 pitches or so at least. And so, you know, this will be a great opportunity for him to start this series off right. And then, of course, the doubleheader is a seventh, seven inning doubleheaders uh, games and those doubleheaders and then uh, a four game series overall. So important one for for the Rays. And the thing they haven't been doing, Steve, is not the pitching. They just haven't hit at all. Two eleven, especially is their against left handers. Yeah. Season batting average two eleven for the team. Woof. As our good friend Les tweeted us and I asked, is that good? no i'll tell you now no and you know where they're really bad is you throw a left-hander at them they have no chance i mean the left-handers have just completely befuddled them they've had some some good days against right-handers but the you know the left-handed pitchers the right-handed bats of this of this team just has not have not none of them woken up but particularly on that side so they need to get going i mean it again we're almost what over twenty percent, we're twenty percent of the way uh, in the season. So you're going to be a, you're, after this series or so, you're going to be almost a third of the way through the season, right? Yeah, sixteen, sixteen out of sixty. So yeah, what yeah. is that? Well, it's less than a third, but I mean, twenty out of sixty let's, would be a third of the season. Let's see, sixteen. That is, yeah. I mean, that's you, yeah. It's close. You're getting there. Yeah, so you're gonna have to gonna have to pick it up a little bit. Well, that's the that's the week. We hope you guys uh, enjoyed the podcast. We're here every Monday through Friday, and of course, uh, you can check out. On TampaBay.com, uh, all the information you need on the Bucks, the Lightning, the Rays, all of that. Um, hope you guys enjoy the weekend. Hope you enjoy the games. 
We'll talk to you on Monday. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great weekend. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.